<laughs> Welcome everyone to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Hope you are all doing well. Today's episode, we are going to be taking a look at some gaming news, some updates, and kind of a impressions. I don't want to say a full review, but impressions because I haven't beaten the game yet, but enough to make a good impact in the question on should a game try to be for everyone or are we okay with games for what they are? And I'll explain later when we get into it. But first, thank you to everyone for listening. Wherever you're finding this, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please leave a like, please leave a review. In addition, you'll notice I've been posting more on the Geeks Who Watch Football Facebook page. Be sure to check it out. Also, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can tweet at me. I am at MadTitan1018 on Twitter. Once again, thank you everyone so much for your support and for listening in. Just me today. Uh, I was originally going to do a review of slide two with Garrett, but we got a little bit of a delay there. If he's listening, don't worry. He'll he'll get over it. He's got plans. <laughs> but we are going to be looking at Resident Evil 8 Village as well in the future. Those games are in the cooker, but I thought today would be a good day or a good uh, episode to look at just some news in the gaming industry. Because when I first started this podcast, I said I would I would be giving up to date news and et cetera. And right now I've kind of been mostly giving just reviews. So I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit just for this episode to tell you that, yes, I am playing games. But yes, I'm also want to discuss some new things that come along the pipeline as well. So getting right into it. First news of the day. For those of you who are aware, The Last of Us Part 2 got a free 50, free 60 frames per update on PS5. This is via the PlayStation blog. Released today, patch 1.08. Players will get the choice of either 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second. This is in addition to already the benefits of the backwards compatibility, which is things such as improved, re- uh, improved resolution, faster load times, and other little details here and there. I think this is good. Uh, Last of Us 2 was many people's either game of the year or runner-up or usually in the top three in a contention. I haven't really given my review because I played this game before I started this podcast. Uh, most of my close friends and family know what I think of the game. Um, I liked it. It was in my top three, but I did have a lot of problems with it. Maybe in the future I'll do an episode laying into detail, but I'm happy to see this get a 60 frames per second update. Like I'd like, I wish more games were getting this update for PS5. Uh, I posted a poll, if you would, on uh, the Geeks Who Watch Football Facebook page to see what games you would like to see and be realistic. These are PS4 games that are on, you know, upgrade the PS5. Don't say Gears 5. Don't say games you wish would come to Sony's platform. Just realistic games you would like to see get this update. And I know which one's at the top of my list. And I posted on Facebook. I would say Bloodborne's at the top of my list. That game was an early PS4 game. It's top 15 favorite game of all time for me. A lot of people have it in the top two or three best PlayStation 4 games. Uh, It's locked at 30 frames per second right now, and the game is just desperately screaming to be 60 frames. I'm kind of been holding off playing through it again, even though I've already beaten the game a few times, and I platinumed it, I think it was like a few years ago or two years ago. I would love to see Bloodborne get a 60 frames per second update. It was already free to play on PlayStation Plus like, what, half a year ago? I would just, 
it would give me a reason to go back to it. There are games from Front Software that are already 60 frames per second, Dark Souls 3 being the most recent. If you want to count Blue Points game of Demon Souls, you can as well. Like in Dark Souls 2, Skylar the First Sin was 60 frames per second. So it's possible. I would love to see this happen. The runner-up to me, another game that comes to mind is Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, once again, when I say these updates, I mean the frame rate updates. Unlock the frame rate, improve the resolution a little bit because the backwards compatibility, similar to Xboxes, it does improve the load times automatically. That kind of is for, you know, that already happens. We're talking about some quality of life improvements besides just the load times and, oh, upresing the 4K, the resolution. I would love to see a frame uh, FPS update for Horizon Zero Dawn, especially with the sequel around the corner. I think that would be a golden opportunity for people to replay the first one with the DLC. I'm itching to play it again because I know I should freshen up before I get into the second one. It's been a long time for me, so I've kind of been waiting to see if they do this because I would be a little, you know, not that it's the end of the world if I had to play through it again at 30, but it's already come out on PC, so the 60 frames is definitely possible. But... That's the other one that comes to mind. So let me know in uh, in the Facebook page or let me know wherever what you guys think. What would you like to see be the PlayStation game that gets this next uh, big upgrade? So in other news, staying on the PlayStation 5 topic, Sony revealed two new DualSense controllers. uh, Colors, I should say, not the controllers itself. They come in Cosmic Red and Midnight Black. Available next month. There was no specific release date given. They will be available for $69.99 for the black one and $74.99 for the red. I'm just going to say about time. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of the white. If I was both colors look really attractive, you guys could just Google it or look at Best Buy, Amazon, wherever you go for your shopping. But I, I'm, I'm a midnight black fan. You know, even though I had the gray PS1, I'm, you know, black PlayStation all the way, like PS2, PS3, PS4. Give me the Midnight Black controller. So if I had a preference between those two, I would definitely be leaning more towards the black. Not that the red doesn't look good, but it's $6 more. And for me, that's enough to make the difference too. <laughs> if you're torn between which one, but you're going to probably have to pre-order it because Jesus, everything sh- feels like there's a shortage all over right now. But it's good to see them getting new colors. Can't wait to see if there's another one. I'm sure they'll have more down the line like everything else, but it's a welcome touch, and I do like the DualSense controller a lot for PlayStation 5. For those of you who actually are lucky enough to have a PlayStation 5, I think it's a big jump up. I think it's significantly better than a PlayStation 4 controller, and I think it's the best basic controller you can get right now. Keyword basic because the Xbox Elite controller is still the best, but that's not the base level Xbox controller you get when you get a Series X. So if you're going to count controllers like Fancy Smancy, then yes, Elite is still the best. But if you're going to count baseline when you buy a system, I think the DualSense 5 is the best now, which is good. It's a huge jump up from the PS3 and PS4. In other news, keeping along the lines, E3 2021 will be happening this year, but will be a digital event only. If you remember, this uh, E3 was canceled last year because it was right at the the dawn of the uh, COVID-19 outbreak. So... E3 was open to the public a few years ago. I went with my cousin a few years ago. It was a great time. You know, I'd like to see a return to that at some point, but I completely understand. I think next year it'll be back to normal, but 
I'm glad we're getting some form of E3 right now versus last year when we didn't get anything. And each company had to do kind of its own panel. Uh, it will be hosted by three uh, hosts, Greg Miller, Jackie Jing, and Alex Golden Boy Mendez. Nintendo and Microsoft have already announced they will be coming. Sony has uh, announced they will not be there for the second year in a row. The reason I say second year is even though we didn't have an E3 last year, Sony was announced before E3 they weren't attending anyway. So Sony's, I think, trying to break off on their own. Last year, I think it was a combination of they had a new console and they didn't really have any. They wanted to do their own event to reveal their new console. This year, I don't think it's lack of games because they've got a lot in the cooker, I think. It's just I think they want to break it off on their own. I think they're done with E3. I don't think we're going to see them in E3 again, which is sad because, you know, obviously I have a PlayStation 5. I'm a Sony fanboy. I play other. Obviously, I have all the systems, but Sony's definitely got a special place in my heart but so no no sony will be will not be there nintendo and microsoft will be though capcom konami ubisoft warner brothers square enix and other publishers have announced they will be there so we're still going to get news we're still going to get new games uh, i'm excited for it and i think i'll do an e3 prediction it's going to be june 12th to june 15th so in the coming weeks i'm sure i'll try to do an e3 predictions it's not quite the same when you have the three when you don't have everybody there and given the new format but hey i hope there's at least some new games to be announced i hope you know we get some update on games that have been in the cooker that we know exist like <clears throat> metroid prime and uh just get more details on or for the love of god are we even going to get a release window for breath of the wild too but in other news we have new releases this month that came out one of which you're playing now, which is on May 5th or 14th, Mass Effect, the Legendary Editions came out. In addition, Days Gone on PC, the PC port came out yesterday, I believe, I think it was May 18th. And Resident Evil 8 came out on May 7th. I'm about 11 hours through, I'm right at the end of that one. I think I've got like an hour or two left. I don't want to spoil where I am because it is a huge spoiler. Those who beat in the game already know exactly what I'm talking about. I think I'm on like the last hour, half an hour stretch. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've heard good things about it. I've heard some mostly positive uh, improvements, especially to Mass Effect 1. It's been a while. I have been itching to go back and play the trilogy. I played it back on Xbox 360. I played through all three of them, all three on Xbox 360. I have not played them since. I don't even think I've beaten any of them twice. No, I haven't. I saw I literally have beaten each one of them once. So it'd be nice to go through. If I was asked with a poker to me right now, I think Mass Effect 2 is the best one, but that might be me putting way too many too much expectation on Mass Effect 3 and having it disappoint. So I'll be interested to see playing through all three of those again, what I uh how they hold up. So maybe that'll be a future episode as well. Uh upcoming titles include Mario Super Golf, which is in June 25th release date. Trailer for that just dropped this past week. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword Remastered is due out in July 16th. I don't think there was a trailer for that one besides Nintendo's a few months back. Knockout City, the game that was free on EA Pass, I believe, that launches on May 21st this month. And then last but not least, Ratchet & Clank A Rift Apart will be launching on June 11th. That one I am really excited for. I, was, I just recently replayed Ratchet & Clank on PS4. The one that's free on uh, PlayStation Plus collection. For those of you, once again, who have a PS5. So I'm all geared up. I'm all ready. 
Ratchet and Clank is another series that I like a lot. That was like the golden age of platformers between Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. All those games have a special place. And I'm I'm excited for the new Ratchet. I think Insomniac's killed it lately with Spider-Man Miles Morales, original Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank PS4. I think they're on a hot streak. I've heard rumors of Sunset Overdrive 2. For the love of God, please let that happen. I love that game on Xbox One. That was still to this day one of my favorite Xbox One games. So I'm excited. Insomniac's on a roll right now, and I'm happy for him. So with that being said, it's time we get to, I don't want to say topic of the show, because that's uh, kind of funny thing. I'm not stealing from them. But I have been playing games. I just hinted that I was playing Resident Evil. I'm right at the end of that. I have been playing through Sly 2 again, part of the video game book club with Garrett. I am on world six or seven of eight right now, like right in that in between. So we'll have that review up. And obviously, for those of you who tuned in last week, I played Pokemon Snap. I'm still been plowing away through that. I'm I think I'm right at the end of it. So I'll have that beaten, but we already gave a review last week, so you guys know my thoughts. And last but not least, the game I'm going to talk about right now is I've been playing a lot of Returnal. I think I've been I think I've put about 14, 15 hours into it right now. I have not beaten it. I have it is the so I guess I could break this up into two parts or three parts. What like part one would be what is Returnal? For those of you who haven't who've been living under a rock, it is made by uh Housemark. It's the same people that made Rezogun. Same people that made um there's a couple other games that I'm literally brain farting right now. Alienation. Um, there's a couple others. It's more of, they're more of an arcade shooter type of company, like the top down bullet hell type of shooters. They actually had Resogun was a launch title for PS4. And that was probably my favorite launch title of PS4 at the time. But yeah, they're, they're usually good at creating simple, elegant games, you know, that hook you with that gameplay loop. And they're kind of shallow in terms of there's no deep inner hitting story. It's like the days of Galaga. It's like an old fashioned arcade game. So Returnal is like their most ambitious project yet. It is a roguelike game with a alien slash Prometheus vibe to it. You know, you die over and over and it is cord in this story similar to Hades. If you remember Hades a year ago on the Nintendo Switch and PC has similar parts where the story does tie into this. And it's basically you play, you go through the levels. There are many different levels. You have the opening world, you know, which is kind of more of a jungle terrain. And then it goes into a desert and it go and it just keeps going and going and going. And when you die, you start over. And you level up your guns. You can pick up health upgrades. You can pick up things called parasites, which are, Things that give you a perk, but then also take something away. So, for example, if you choose to get a perk that, oh, you get 20% more health from health potions. Well, you also take 10% more fall damage now. Like, there's a hit or miss for it. Um, It is randomly generated. So, each time you load up the game, it is different. There are some creepy atmospheric parts to it. Um, 
this is mostly a spoiler free review. There might be, there's one part I'll get to that is a spoiler and I'll say it with flashing like red lights, basically a spoiler alert, come back in like two minutes. Cause it's not going to be too long. So there's not really, I, I'm not going to really talk too much about the story. I mean, I am, but not anything spoilery. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a big departure for them. This is a, this is probably one of the big triple a, or at least it has the feel of a triple a title for Sony since demon souls since Spider-Man miles Morales. This is the next big triple a exclusive title because it's only for PS five. So as a roguelike, how does it hold up? I think it's an okay game. I'm torn on this because I absolutely love the gameplay loop of this game. But how does it hold up to more recent roguelikes, which everyone, it always seems like there's the next best one like a year later. It's been this never-ending climb to the top. Like, Enter the Gungeon was it for a little bit. You know, I think it was Spelunky, whatever it's called, was one. Dead Cells was a huge one. And then last year, Hades took the throne from that. And so how does this compare? Is this the quote-unquote best roguelike? I think... I'm going to give my opinion on who this game is for and what it appeals to. My personal opinion, it is not as good as Hades. I think Hades was better last year. Uh, However, I do like this one more than like Enter the Gungeon and games like that. I probably have it a little higher than Dead Cells as well. It's close with Dead Cells, but I'd probably give it over Dead Cells. It's just not as good as Hades. Hades is on another level. Hades had that perfect blend of progression with constantly pushing you forward it even had an easy mode in there if you knew where to find it everything was so blended in so well and it was kind of like the perfect roguelike for me had greek mythology which i love like everything flowed for that game and i think that's going to be a very hard roguelike to top that's why so many people were giving a game of the year last year in their top two because they recognized that that game was special so I don't think it's quite as good as Hades. I don't think that's a knock against the game. I just think it's a testament to how great Hades is. But it's still a good roguelike. I think the difficulty has been a talk of discussion. Obviously, like I said, I have put in 15 hours. I lost track of how many times I died easily over 20. But game as a fan of the soul series games game difficulty doesn't bother me but i think this game would have been better if it wasn't a hundred percent like a roguelike if that makes sense i think the game is just too damn long and what i mean by that is the run is too long most roguelikes you can beat in a two to three hour sitting if even less than that like an hour and a half and it's the dying over and over and over it's the quick jump into back into it to keep you going most runs in Returnal, when I got, when I died, I was like an hour and a half, two hours deep. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I never had the urge to just jump right back into it like I did with games like Dead Cells or Hades or even Enter the Gungeon. I think it's because it's too long and I think the game would have benefited for checkpoints. Now, what I mean by checkpoints doesn't mean, oh, you die, you go back to this world. No, I mean, like, you could save your game and go to the bathroom or take a play. Like, like I said, game difficulty doesn't bother me. I know it bothers other people that they should have had an easy mode in this game like Hades did. I don't, that doesn't bother me. They have their art. They have their, I think video game de- developers should have their own vision 
just like the Soul Series, if they want to make this game hard like this to encourage player, you know, that satisfactory feeling of beating a boss, especially that first boss, he's a real kick in the dick. But when you finally do top him, it is satisfying. So I do, I don't have a complaint with the difficulty. What I do have a complaint with is the game does not respect players' time. Not everybody has three and a half hours to just plop down and play nonstop. And yes, you can pause the game, but aside from putting your PlayStation in rest mode, you can't really stop playing without losing your progress. So if you put out, let's say you try to pause the game and think there's an auto save, there is no manual save points. There is no auto save besides like every time you boot up your game, you're going to start from the beginning. If you, you know, close your app to go play a different game with a buddy like Call of Duty for 20 minutes with the buddy and go back, your game's gone. You got to start from the beginning again. I was experiencing some glitches that booted me out. That's also frustrating because the game doesn't save that part then. They've released a patch this week, I believe, that fixed that bug. But it's incredibly frustrating to go 90 minutes in and get booted by a glitch. And I don't mean glitch like, oh, he killed me when he shouldn't have. Like, no, you just get booted out of the game and it shuts off. And then you have to start from the beginning. So I think the game's just too long. And given the huge story nature of the title, like you're figuring out why you keep crash landing on these. The main character sees her bodies as well and picks up audio recordings. And to hear this dialogue, at one point you run across the creepy house. And that's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer and you're being followed by an astronaut like it's really creepy stuff and i love 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 the atmosphere but i think they should have went one way or the other they should have added checkpoints meaning because they even have the little warp gates you can have it to where you save your game right there and quit out and when you die you still start from the beginning which would respect the roguelike nature of the game but also respect players times it's perfect it's right there for the taking or even if you want to put a save point right at the gate when you go to the next level, like to the, I say Mars because it's like a red desert, the Mars area. I would be fine with that. But the fact that there is no save points on one of the longer roguelike runs, they should have either gone the option of checkpoints or they should have gone the option of it's not a roguelike and you just keep progressing through. That's my personal opinion. So these type of frustrations, and because it's a randomly generated, I think a lot of people have issue with the randomly generated part of it. And I don't mean the level, but the balance of it. And I would agree with them as well. As it stands right now, and they might fix it, you could get a really bad draw. Like you have, you start off every run with a pistol. Sometimes it's a different alternate fire. And you could come across a normal transition into getting your ass kicked. Or you could get kicked right off the cliff and you have to fight three man bats and two trees shooting lasers at you and you basically are toasted. And some of the power-ups you get suck, some are good. And I understand it's all part of the game, but when you have this long of a cycle and you can't, yes, there are shortcuts to skip ahead, but you need to grind the early part still because that's how you get more health. That's how you get your what's called weapon proficiency up, which not only increases the damage of your gun, but enables you to find better guns in the chest. So, yes, you get a checkpoint when you beat the first boss to just go right through his area. But then you're jumping in the world, too, with basic bitch health and a basic bitch level one gun. And, yes, they give you, I think, a level three gun to throw you a bone to help it. But you need you need a gun and health. 
And if that gate's not right by the entrance, you still, even if you're hoofing it to it, you got to like hoof through four or five world, like not worlds, but levels to get to that quick point. So my main complaint, if I had to boil down to return of why this game isn't a nine or better for me is it does not respect the player's time. They should have gone one direction or the other instead of trying to waddle between both. And I would have, this game has game of the year type potential. That's what makes it frustrating because I see it here. But the waste of players' time, the nuances with balancing, some of the glitching and absolutely no save points or checkpoints hinders this game from being truly something special. This is a good point to take a break. When we come back, I will be more on the positive side. I wanted to start this one with the negative side and then go with what I like about it. So we come back, I'm going to cover some of the positives of what I like about Returnal. Ultimately, who is this game for? Who would I say should purchase this game? Hope you guys stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. So when we picked, when we left off, we talked about how Returnal is a game that is entertaining, has a lot going for it, but at the end of the day, doesn't respect the player's time, Has does have a steep difficulty curve, and unsure about like other items of it too it as a roguelike which immediately sometimes turns people off to begin with it's a difficult genre but it is growing in popularity games like hades and dead souls have helped break the path for that so i'm gonna be more positive of why am i so torn on this game because it sounds like i was ripping it early on i think what returnal does great is number one the game looks gorgeous it truly looks and feels like a next gen title Runs at a perfect 60 frames. Controls are responsive. The dual sense usage, by the way, is absolutely fantastic. This is the best implementation of the dual sense five control or dual sense controller for PlayStation 5 outside of Astrobot. Astrobot is the best one, and this is right there with it. You can feel the rain drizzle hitting the back of your hand. The controller vibrates effectively. It feels right when you go on a warp, you feel like the in your hands like it really is a treat the haptic feedback on the triggers like it really is a perfect showcase of a playstation 5 so that game has it going for you like i said the visual design i love the artistic direction it looks like an alien slash prometheus type of game and i love 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 that direction i love the creepy vibes I love the heebie-jeebies the game gives you to where, even though it's bullet hell, it's really cool to have these tentacle monsters that come out. Like, it is a great, great, it's like a Lovecraftian horror mixed in there. Like, I love the art direction of this game. Love it. So the art direction's fantastic. The use of the PlayStation 5, both the controller and the load times, and just in general, is it's a great use of technology to showcase off your game. It feels like a like a premier launch title too, in terms of just like Demon Souls did and just like Miles Morales did. Like it shows off the PS5. I also think the combat is truly outstanding. I like the gunplay. I like the different guns you can get. You have like the spit blaster, which is like a shotgun. You have your pistol. You have like a carbine. You have like a heavy machine gun. Like you get all these types of guns. And as you level them up with weapon proficiency or adrenaline, 
you they get stronger and stronger so adrenaline is when you kill enough enemies without taking a hit the game does not want you to take a hit if you kill enough enemies without taking a hit your weapon becomes stronger like for example your pistol eventually becomes smart like uh seeking some of your carbine ammo becomes reflective or bounces all over and just little traits like that and i think it's really cool to have that type of feature there's a dash icon you come across stores where you can buy an extra life via the astronaut figurine. You could buy uh, health upgrades. You can get more parasites. You can get perks that instantly restore your health, instantly restore your cooldown. Like, there's so many possibilities to the game, and it's outstanding. Like I said, the combat feels really good. The gunplay is responsive. The bullet lights are clear and easy to see, so you know when to dodge. If you get hit, it's on you, unless you get hit from behind. But even still, the game kind of warns you with like a lockdown, meaning that you're going to be surrounded by enemies in about 10 seconds. The randomly generated part is eh, take it or leave it, but I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to throw you off, similar to a lot of roguelikes. I do like that they include warp gates to warp around the area so you don't have to hoof your ass all the way back to the entrance. If there was like a crate you saved or if you got an atropian key to unlock a gate, you don't have to hoof your ass all the way back. More than likely, you're going to see it uh, a gate to transport there. So graphically and gameplay it is a very hooking once you play it you are going to be hooked because the gameplay is easy to get but difficult to master you could tell this is where they make their bread and butter house mark does in my opinion is the gameplay so it's good and it's nice to see them know their roots but everything i outlaid is still present though the story is there and nice but it doesn't feed you it doesn't feed you enough to keep you interested in my opinion it has too long a gap so maybe it's because i suck as a player because i haven't beaten it yet but in the beginning you get that like every two or three deaths in the beginning you would get that excuse me like the house appears you get a story segment there you find your body you have audio recordings like for the first four playthroughs like every time you get at least one of them you don't get that anymore like there's gaps in the story where like okay it kind of kills the momentum Instead of just playing all the way through. If I had to give the game a grade right now, like I said, I'm going to get into who's this game for. I would probably give this game like an eight and a half or an eight. It's a good solid entry. I'd probably give it an eight now that I'm talking myself down now. I can't give this game a nine or better because of the details outlined. It could have been. This could have been a game of the year discussion game. And it might still be for some people. But this is a game that's really hard to recommend for everybody too. Because if you are a person who either through your work or through, you know, having kids or just commitments in general, you just don't like being hunkered down for long. If you're a, I use gaming as a stress relief from all these factors. I play for 20 to 30 minutes. I want to hop on, hop out just to clear the mind. This game isn't for you. This is the type of game where, Okay, it's 6 o'clock at night. I got, you know, what am I doing tonight? Nothing? All right, I'll plunk down and play it. That's the type of game this is. This isn't a game you play on your lunch break. This isn't a game you play with, oh, the girlfriend's in the shower or the or the boyfriend's in the shower. Maybe play for 20 minutes. And when he comes out, we'll do something. No, 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 no. This is, at least if you're supposed to play it the way you are, you're going to be at least hunkered in for the next hour to hour and a half at least. That's not including that you go farther. This is include, implying that you suck like me. So I think this game is for, like I said, people who want that in addition, excuse me, 
I think this game is for people who enjoy a challenge because you are going to get frustrated and there is no easy mode. There are slight progressions that help you like buying some power-ups earlier on having shortcuts to not go through quite as much of a grind, but it's still a frustrating game. It's still going to test your patience. It's still going to push you. So for people who are not that, especially because the story doesn't give you enough bites to keep you motivated. It has the potential. I'm interested in the story, but I forget what happens sometimes because there's such a long gap between like, it doesn't spoon feed you it right. It's like it feeds you it. And then it waits three days and it gets you a garbage plane and 10 wings. And then it's like, okay, back to nothing for it. It's like, Oh my God. So I don't think this is a game for everyone. I think it's a particular person who has a lot of time who favors gameplay over story, even to a certain degree, who wants a PS5. For those of you who even have a PS5, who wants that launch title, who wants that game to show off to people or to just, you know, cause you're in a, uh, like a gaming hole right now, like play anything. In addition, I believe the game's also 70 bucks. Housemark themselves say they were surprised by the tag. I don't personally believe this game is worth 70 bucks. I don't think it's worth 60. I think it would be a 30, 40 dollar game. Given the fact that not just because, oh, I'm pooping on roguelikes, like no, Hades is worth 60 bucks to me. But it's because it has that triple A feeling. I feel like they do it. If Housemark made this game on their own without Sony, I think it would have been a forty dollars game, thirty dollars, or even a free PlayStation Plus game. So I think people are going in with the expectation ready, and I think people are going to be let down if they're expecting via the trailers like, oh, like this epic story, and it's going to be this you know space exploration. You're going to be going through this big adventure. None like hamper your expectations. It is a roguelike. You're going to die twenty to twenty five times. You're going to, you know, put 15 hours in and only get like two hours into the game. If that, like in terms of progression, I mean, so I don't think this game should change. Like I said, I think they should add checkpoints. I don't think there should be a necessary easy mode, quote unquote. I just want checkpoints to respect the player's time. If I would have done that in some small other tweaks to how the randomness works of what guns you get, what bosses or, or enemies you fight. I think this would be a game of the year contender, nine or better. It'd be in that nine to nine and a half range. But it is what it is at this point. So, like I said, if I come across it and this game like blows my pants off at the end, I'll update people on it. But much like Outriders, which I did a month or two months ago, I think my impressions is kind of my review of it. So once again, I would give Returnal an eight out of 10. I think it has a lot of upside. I think if they were to make a sequel, I don't think we will get one, but I, if we were to get a sequel, I would like to see them make improvements to respect the player's time, but it is a good, not a great roguelike. So go in knowing it's a roguelike, and if you have trade-ins or if you don't mind paying full price because you're desperate for a game for your system, go ahead. For everyone else, I would recommend if you are able to rent a game, rent it. I don't think most people are because I think Family Video and Blockbuster is basically kapooey. So I would say... If you're going to play this game, wait for a sale. I think there will be wait for like a $40 or less sale. That's where I would put the budget at this game is 30 or four. I think it should be worth 40 bucks, not 70. So like I said, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. 
Next week, we are going to take a look at, I haven't decided yet, depending which one's freed up first, we are going to be reviewing slide two in the Video Game Book Club. We are going to be taking a look at Resident Evil 8 in the future. In addition, there's other games and stuff to be played. I'm sure in E3 around the corner, I'll try to do a predictions video for everyone, or at least a prediction uh, episode. You don't want to see this on video, trust me. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Remember, wherever you're listening, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please leave a like, please leave a review. Also, take part in the polls. I'm starting to load up now on the Geeks Who Watch Football Facebook page. In addition, any other questions or if you want to reach out specifically to me at Jeff Jackson, I am at Mad Titan 1018. Once again, I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great night, day, whenever the heck you're listening to us.